Hi, everyone. Welcome. I'm here today with Dr. Jenny Yip, who's been on the show before, so we're excited to have her back. She's a clinical psychologist, board certified in behavioral and cognitive therapy. She's also an author, speaker, and nationally recognized OCD and anxiety expert. And she's been on the show before talking about uh, teens and social anxiety. And today we're going to talk about children and OCD. And this is something that Dr. Yip is very familiar with, having experienced it herself as a child. So welcome back, Dr. Yip. Thank you so much for having me back. Oh, thank you. So can you just kind of tell the audience um, your experience with OCD as a child and your journey from there to here? Absolutely. So my first memory of having OCD was at the age of four. And at that time, what my fear was, was that I wouldn't be able to breathe and then and then die. Um, so I was completely focused on breathing and making sure that I was getting sufficient oxygen into my body. I would have to breathe a specific way. I would have to be in only in certain pl- places where I felt like I could breathe and I couldn't do things that would interfere with my breathing or that would get my heart rate too high where I wouldn't be able to breathe. And that lasted till I was about six to seven years old until OCD morphed into a different subtype. And that's usually what happens with OCD is that, you know, it it tends to morph into different types of OCD um, throughout a person's lifetime. Okay. So OCD, is that um, classified under um, uh, anxiety disorder? Well, obsessive compulsive disorder in the new DSM, which is the Diagnostic <laughs> and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, that's a that's a mouthful, right? That is what we use to diagnose um, mental disorders. So in the new DSM, OCD is under its own category. However, it is part of anxiety disorders. Okay. So you're young, you, you remember this at four years old. So where did your journey lead you from there? Like, how did your parents get you help from what you were going through? And what did they even think this was that you were experiencing? Um, I don't know that my parents really knew that I had OCD because all they saw were the, were the, external presentations, right? They, they saw me crying because I didn't know what to do with myself. They saw me being um, anxious and nervous. However, they really didn't know that was OCD. And in fact, they took me to pediatricians and pediatricians, and nobody really knew that I had OCD. So it wasn't until much later in life, when I was in, in, in college, that one of my professors pointed out to me, one of my psychologists, professors asked me whether I had OCD. By that time, I was focused on um, perfectionism and needing to uh, read and reread and reread to feel like I really grasped the content of what I was reading, or I would need to write and rewrite and rewrite um, until I felt like it was just right. So when, and back in the day, we didn't have computers, so we, we had paper and pencils. So uh-huh. my professor could see I was, was writing and erasing and writing and erasing. So that was when I realized um, I, I even heard of the term OCD. And to be honest with you, I was quite relieved that there was actually a, a, a label for right. what I was experiencing. Wow, that's interesting. So do you still struggle with OCD today? 
I think it is very important to realize that OCD doesn't just go away. That mm -hmm. OCD really comes during two times in a person's life. It is when you're either completely overwhelmed and you don't have the mental resources to deal or to navigate managing OCD, or when you're completely underwhelmed and your mind will just roam to those scary places. And um, of course, the things that you'll worry about are those things that OCD likes to attack. So I always tell my patients that OCD will harp on the things that you care about. So if you care about um, not getting diseases and not contracting illnesses and germs, then that's what OCD will focus on. If you are focused on, if you care about being a moral person um, and not committing any type of ethical violations, then guess what? OCD will harp on those fears, will harp on you know, if you have a forbidden thought or if you uh, you might have committing, committed um, an ethical violation. So whatever you care about is what OCD will harp on. Okay. Is it possible that, um, because I've always thought I had OCD uh, mm -hmm. personally, um, until I, uh, I think I listened to one of your podcasts and, and one of your guests was someone, one of your patients who told about his experience with OCD. And uh -huh. it just kind of blew my mind, you know, because I didn't realize that it was OCD like had those extremities to it. Mm -hmm. um, like for me, um, when I was a child, I remember um, maybe having to count to four or having to put four blocks down because there's four people in my family. And if I didn't do exactly four, oh, someone in my family might get hurt. But oh. I don't have those types of thoughts anymore. Like, is it something that you can kind of outgrow or does it just show its head in other areas? Well, it usually would just show its head in other areas. So when you were four um, or when you were a child and you cared about, you know, making sure that your family members survive and they're okay, then you might have those magical thinking about making sure my family is alive. Um, you know, a lot of kids have those type of magical feelings. So, you know, the idea you can't step on cracks when you're walking on the sidewalk or you'll yes. break mama's back or, you know, yeah. You, or so any type of superstitions, right? If you see a black cat, then something bad will happen. I don't know why we're, we're discriminating against black yeah. cats. Um, or number 13, number 13 is bad. Number six is the devil's number. I mean, whatever you are associating it with, if you think about that, you know, that's, that's, that's you know, cultural behaviors, right? Except OCD is not just that. OCD will completely interfere with your functioning. I think that is the part that most people, consumers, don't really understand. And you know what? Honestly, a lot of people say, I'm so OCD. I'm sorry. Just because you like your things lined up or just because you, you like your place cleaned, um, it doesn't mean that you have OCD unless it interferes with your functioning. Mm -hmm. 
So if you are spending hours in a day lining things up and you cannot get out of the house until things are lined up, or if you are constantly cleaning and cleaning and cleaning, your skin is raw and chapped and bloody from the cleaning, okay, then you probably have OCD. But just because you want your cupboards to be all categorized and organized does not mean you have OCD. Okay. I'm glad you clarified that. That's um, because I know a lot of people think they have OCD, but they don't really understand it. Um, And I know, I know like just with anxiety disorder, um, OCD has many layers as well, correct? Absolutely. Yes. Like like what are some common, yeah. What are some common um, types of OCD? I know there's contamination OCD. Is that mm -hmm. correct? Contamination OCD, harm OCD, sexual OCD, uh, scrupulosity OCD. Um, There's definitely the need to know OCD. Mm. (laughs) Uh, There's pure O, which is pure obsessional, um, which is actually a misnomer because um, when you, so pure OCD is when a person is constantly in their heads and they are trying to figure things out. I call pure OCD. It's almost like you're a philosopher. You're trying to find absolute certainty. You're trying to find absolute truth. And the reality is the only certainty in life, according to Benjamin Franklin is death and taxes. Now, the thing is, OCD thrives on uncertainty and doubt. So Mm. when there isn't any certainty in life except for death and taxes, then guess what? There is many places where OCD can thrive. So yes, there are many different subtypes of OCD, but what I, I, I want to first explain what OCD is first, because I think a lot of people don't really understand what obsessive compulsive disorder is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as, as the name indicate, there are two parts to OCD. There are the obsessions and the compulsions. So the obsession are the intrusive thoughts, images, or sensations that repeatedly enter your mind. And that causes intense distress, discomfort, anxiety. So if you can imagine if you have a nightmare that keeps replaying in your mind and you don't want to have that nightmare, yet you can't wake up from it, yet the nightmare won't stop and it keeps playing in your head repeatedly like a broken record, that is what it's like to have an obsession. So of course, that is going to disturb you disturb your thinking, disturb your interactions with other people, disturb your functioning. And because that nightmare is freaking you out, you're going to feel very, very uncomfortable. And we as a society don't like to feel uncomfortable. So what do we do? We figure out ways to make ourselves feel better. That is the compulsion part. The compulsions are the things that we do to gain relief in order Mm. to feel better about ourselves. Mm -hmm. So therefore, if I have an obsession of, let's say, you know, let's say, let's say I have, um, I have, uh, forbidden thoughts of pushing my, my grandmother down the stairs. Now the fear is hard. It's the subtype is called harm OCD, 
right? Because I am a very moral person. So the first time I had the thought, let's say the first time I see my grandmother uh, walking down the stairs, I'm thinking, uh uh-oh, what if my grandmother falls down the stairs? She's obviously very frail. And then I think about my thought and I go, oh my goodness, now why would I have such a thought? Do I really want my grandmother to fall down the stairs? Well, what if I accidentally push her down the stairs? That would be even worse. Oh my goodness, why would I have such a thought? That is horrible. What kind of person would I be to have such a thought? Now you've set yourself up for trouble, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the reality is that all of us have forbidden thoughts. Most of us are able to go, eh, okay, that was silly, or not even notice the forbidden thoughts that we have. I mean, how many of us have had bosses that we want want to strangle, right? <laughs> or how many of us have had have had uh, spouses or partners that we want to slap? Yeah. Right? <laughs> so we've all had forbidden thoughts, except those of us without OCD don't go questioning our thoughts and give credence to those thoughts. Mm. People with OCD will have thoughts and go, "Uh uh-oh, why am I having this thought? They will go and question the thought, which actually gives power and credence to the thought. And then you'll feel guilty and bad and ashamed and, and horrible about it, which creates discomfort and anxiety. So then to undo the thought, we will go and engage in compulsions. So compulsions in this scenario might look like, okay, I'm going to replay that image. I'm going to replay that image in order for me to undo the original thought that I had. Or I might go and check on my grandmother and make sure she's not near any stairways. So the compulsions are anything that you do to get relief, to undo the obsessive thoughts. Now, what if someone is doing something as simply as checking the door to to make sure it's locked every hour, even though they know they just checked it or they're making sure the lights are out or the fires are out? Like, would you consider or classify that as OCD? Well, again, if you are checking more than once and it is interfering with your functioning, then yes, that would be OCD. And that is actually uh, checking. OCD. Oh, okay. See, there's so many uh, subsets of it. What is, um, uh, what's the most common type do you think among children, OCD? Uh, among children, you know, there are actually among children, you know, contamination is very, very common. Um, things being organized and arranged in a specific way is very common. Counting can be very common. However, there's also a subset that's called emotional contamination, OCD, that isn't very uh, often talked about, that is also very common in children. So because children tend to be imaginative and creative, they can have this magical thinking that if they are near people that they um, perhaps don't they're not too fond of yeah um that they will start sharing those negative qualities of another person so for example i've had children who um they don't want to play with other kids who might seem like they're not as intelligent 
because they're afraid that by playing with these other kids, then it would interfere with their own intelligence. Or they don't want to go near anyone who appears deformed or who is homeless because then they might become deformed or appear or, or become homeless. So mm. that is called emotional contamination. And that is actually quite common in kids. That's not often um, talked about. That's very inter- interesting. There's a lot of food for thought here. And lastly, um, just to make sure parents are, are really well aware of their kids, if this is something that they're suffering from, what are some just some clear signs that parents should recognize, like if their child may be suffering from OCD? Like what, what should they look out for? Like just some few examples would be great. I would say that anytime a child is taking an enormous amount of time to complete certain tasks, or if you see them having to do things over and over again, if they're not able to get out of the door because they're spending so much time reduce, redoing certain things, or if they need to have certain rules of what them themselves or even family members must or must not do, you're looking at perhaps obsessive compulsive disorder. Mm. And, you know, the evidence-based treatment for OCD is exposure and response prevention therapy. And that is very, very effective. Unfortunately, there aren't, you know, I mean, statistics range anywhere between one to 100 to one in 200 kids experience OCD. So that's a lot of kids who who are suffering from OCD, yet it takes an average for between 14 to 17 years for a person, for a sufferer to get an appropriate diagnosis and appropriate treatment. So a lot, we get a lot of kids coming into our treatment center, the Renewed Freedom Center in Los Angeles, who are suffering for a long time, who might be coming here for another diagnosis, yet they actually have OCD. So, you know, there are a lot of um, misdiagnoses that occur with OCD as well as children not getting the appropriate treatment, which again, it's uh, exposure and response prevention treatment. Mm, okay. I mean, you're, you're just such a wealth of information, Dr. Yip. I, I think I can talk to you about this subject for hours, really. <laughs> I can definitely talk about this subject for hours. It's just not talked about enough, which is why there is so much misinformation, even within clinicians in the mental health Uh, community, there's so much misdiagnosis that occur. So, you know, I think for viewers, if they want to find more information, there's definitely a lot of information on my, uh, on my treatment center's website, which is the renewedfreedomcenter.com. However, they can also get a lot of information at the International OCD Foundation's website, which is iocdf.org. How perfect. Thank you so much, Dr. Yip. Thank you so much for being here again today. Thank you so much for having me. And for more on Dr. Yip, you can also you definitely go to RenewedFreedomCenter.com and also DrYip.com. Thanks so much for taking time out with Tinseltown Mom. If you liked what you heard today, please be so kind and rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time. <laughs>